0: Hiya, so I wrote a little short story that I have called Europe and I'm going to read it to you. Kurt felt the date had moved on to confessions when the years peel back to reveal the branching points of personal history. He believed his life turned on England's early World Cup exit at the hands of his motherland. Xenophobic ideas legitimised by football pundits were turned against him on the playground of East Norwich High School. Young Kurt was cast into the untouchables of the school hierarchy. Jessica noted a tightening grip around his glass of red wine. Until that summer, I was on the football team, he said. Then the coach dropped me. He explained that it was open season from then on. It got so bad, Mum met the head teacher with a printout of the European Union Equal Treatment Directive. She took his hand. Jessica only moved to Norwich for a creative writing master's degree. National guilt descended nonetheless. She had to do something for the man. Something to show him that Britain wasn't just a nation of Eurosceptics. Squeezing his mind, Jessica affirmed that she was listening while she cycled through the options in her mind. Jessica knew abstractly what it was to feel excluded. Yet she was brought up in the bosom of her tribe. But there was one comment made about her dad. In particular, it was a comment about his dogged refusal to condemn the Iraq war. Her dad had just dropped her off at Isla Marlowe's picnic. Skyla Fitz, the mum of Peyton Fitz, jibed, No wonder he supports the war, driving that thing. Someone has to secure his fuel, she said before she hopped onto her Christiania bicycle. But... Even though the incident prompted Jessica's flirtation with the pro-Palestine movement, she was hesitant to compare one snarky comment to institutional bullying. Her thinking was broken by another eruption from a table of eight men, all dressed in black and white horizontal stripes. Jessica had been watching them all night. They were nice men, really, but one, presumably the best man, would intermittently remember that they were on a stagdew and make a temporary scene. The current scene involved passing round a string of garlics and singing the first three lines from Frere Jacques. Kurt forced a laugh and returned to his story. He moved schools to escape the bullying, only for it to follow him through three separate schools because of a network of Norwich-based cousins. It got to the point his mother was writing up eds in the local paper. Everything came to her head when the shed in the allotment next door to Kurt's family's allotment was burned down and a St. George's cross was found at the scene. Jessica settles on a plan. Get the, round, the next round of drinks and drink to Germany. Even better, the drinks will be German. The bartender is less than helpful. He first suggests Heineken and then offers, right, you are, as Jessica asks whether it might in fact be Dutch. Carlsberg is all he can offer, and Jessica wants something um, something more authentic. The manager confirms that they're moving towards sourcing local brews. Oi, 70% of our brews come from within 25 miles, love. Just as she gets back to the table with the drinks, her gaze falls upon a group of men who are just about to enter. Presumably a stag do too, because all are dressed in full nylon Lederhausen. The table next door erupts, shouting, One of their chairs flies backwards into Jessica. Somehow, the entirety of the chair's motion is transferred into the two pints of imported lager. The contents slush out of the glass and splatter against the back of Kurt's neck. Both the Bavarian and Parisian contingents fall silent. Kurt breathes deeply as the lager runs down his back the still-cold liquid pools in the bucket chair and begins to soak into his jeans. Jessica gathers her composure and shouts something about xenophobic intolerance to the table next to her. The collective deceit of being a stag-do wears off. They explain the Lederhausen group comprises the other groom's people. Each pub crawl was supposed to keep to the timetable and they would meet in Norwich's only gay club at midnight. The best man says, they're supposed to be fucking Germans. They still can't keep the time. A shallow puddle of Carlsberg has formed where Kurtz was previously sitting, and he is nowhere to be seen. Jessica offers a few apologies to the Stegdu, and she rushes out, she stops as she turns the corner. A dejected, shivering man is waiting for the number 13 bus. In all honesty, attraction had di- died sometime around the fourth in, in-, un- in all honesty, attraction had died sometime around the fourth uninterrupted minute of extolling praise on how his mum had dealt with the bullying. But Jessica’s sympathy burned on. Jessica walks to the bus stop. Kurt, you'll catch your death. I live three minutes away and you can wait for a taxi in the warmth at least she offers. If walking to someone's house after a first date is typically simmering expectation then this walk back was more a watch pot never boils. Jessica probes the silence with The Carlsberg was meant to be a nice gesture. He mutters, Thanks. Kurt stops sulking when he gets into the apartment and begins to suck his belly in again. Jessica makes for the closet to get a towel and a spare T-shirt. Hey, you can put this on. We're not different in size, so it might fit, she offers. He looks hurt. She ignores it and begins to call a cab. As she calls, he strips the t-shirt off and flings it onto the couch. Jessica darts across the room, grabs it with one hand, and mouths something about cheap beer and suede. Jessica gets through to someone. Hi, yeah. Can we get a taxi to 45 Magpie Lane, please? He slips into the bathroom as she confirms details with the taxi operator. Kurt delivers a mental pep talk to himself as he takes his jeans and then buxes off. Jessica's ears prick up as the boxers slup against the floor. Everything okay, she asks. Yeah, I'm just taking off the rest of my beer-drenched clothes, he laughs. Your fault for buying such cheap beer. (laughs) Jessica rolls her eyes. She walks past the bathroom to work out what can cover her legs, what can cover his legs, and she grabs a sarong that she had bought in India, and never worn again. Jessica finds herself just outside the bathroom, as the door opens nervously. A naked Kurt emerges. His feet are planted awkwardly far apart, under the belief that powerful poses create confidence. The smell of what... The smell of hops wafts over Jessica as she is rooted. She blinks twice and breathes deeply. He brings his hands to his hips and gently thrusts forward. She splays the sarong and covers her face, as if there is still some modesty to protect, and moves toward Kurt. By shrouding her vision, she also loses track of the target, As she reaches to wrap the sarong around his waist, a trail already blazed by David Beckham, she in fact makes contact with Kurt's dangling Kaiser. Kurt remarks, Huh, this country's saving grace is how easy the women are.